0: I hope as you sing that song that you can also say, too, that you're desperate for relationship with Jesus Christ and that your heart desires a true relationship with him. What a pondering thought. If you would, please take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter two, verses one through twelve. It's a tragedy to get up out of your bed and come to a place of worship every Sunday and never experience the presence, the power, and even the presence of God. To me, that's a real tragedy. But if the truth be told, I believe that that is a trend that is fast becoming the order of the day in many of our so-called churches today. Church is not what it used to be. One time ago, our grandparents and those who went before us, even though they didn't have cushion pews or air condition and the sophistication of music, sound system, and other theological or technological aids, one thing I do remember is that they had a genuine love and a sincerity for the things of God and the worship of God. But church, we're losing that day by day. And what has replaced it? for the most part, is a form of godliness and a performance-based worship where folks are seeking first and foremost to please and satisfy themselves while failing to remember that worship is about God and God alone. And so many brothers and sisters... We who are here must do all that we can to avoid that kind of spirit. Especially in this day and age when everything around us is falling apart and nothing much seems to make sense to us anymore. The church of the living God cannot become a playground where people come to hang out on Sunday for two hours and so then go back home or go out to eat, or have rice, or cook out on the grill. If ever a time we need the power and the presence of God is now. If ever there was a time that we need the power and the presence of God is right now. Yes, we are doing a lot of things right. But you see, if those things are void of the power of the Holy Spirit, then we are no better than the Rotary Clubs or the Toastmaster Clubs that meet weekly just like we do. I don't know about you, but I know at this stage of my Christian journey, I can't settle for just a casual like everyone else kind of Christianity. A mediocre kind of praise and a getting by kind of worship. I don't know about you, but God has been good to me. He has done things in my life, and I haven't come this far to settle for just business as usual. You see, church, I want to experience the power of God every time I enter the door. And I want some folks to come alongside me in this sanctuary today. But I have to come today to remind us that we have something that no other group has and that is the ever-abiding presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And when He is among us, things happen. Isn't that an awesome thought? When we have the ever-abiding presence and power of God, things happen. Mark chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And it was proclaimed that he was in the house. Mark chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12. I thought, what did I just say? I cannot rewind this tape. But I knew something was going on because I heard pages ruffling. I'm like, what did I just say? See, that's that's why they teach us pastors. Make sure you say your text at least 10 times for you might be the one who messed it up to begin with. Let's start over. I love this story. It's, It's such a, pondering thought, and if you noticed in the bulletin, I was going to speak about a message on a blessing in our words, speaking a blessing, being a blessing. It is, I was studying this week, and as I spent time alone with God, I said to him, Lord, please give me the words to be able to express and explain your power. And church, it is true. We've come to a place where we just, we go to church. Nothing's happening. Things are taking place. But it's okay, because guess what? I've invested in buying a window, getting a gold plate on a pew, making sure I invested, you know, so that my name's on a plaque. It's not about that. What it's about is about the kingdom of God. Are we building the kingdom? Are we winning souls? Are we making a difference in people's lives? And who better to, to speak about than the perfect example, Jesus? And as, as I look back on this, I spoke about this probably five years ago. And it's kind of nice to revisit such a wonderful passage. But it says here, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And that is verse 1 of chapter 2. And it was proclaimed that he was in the house. I love what the King James Version says, it was noised. There's a lot of stuff going on in this house. You've got to come and see it. Sweet brown when she's saying, ain't nobody got time for that. We all realize that everybody was saying, we've got time for that. Jesus had a story and he wanted to proclaim it. Verse 2, and straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door and he preached the word unto them. Oh, Todd, don't get ahead of your message. But I just get excited when I think, there wasn't a seat empty in that house. Then remember going to the Nepali Fellowship. And what was so wonderful about that was 67 people in a living room. People were standing at the door for they wanted to hear what God had to say from His Word. That's a pondering thought. We come to church because we open up His Word. Do you know how humbling, but yet how honoring it is to stand up here every week as I pray to God, Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, don't let my words come forward. Let yours. Let them teach and prick the hearts of every man, every child, every boy and girl. It is humbling. It doesn't matter if you have a associates, bachelors, doctorate, masters, whatever you have. And if you've got 17 letters behind your name, I'm happy for you. But God just wants you to come and where you're at putting all that stuff aside. He wants you to hear Him. is that awesome? Where two or more gather into my name, I'm in the midst. Don't lose sight of what a little simple, but yet what a profound, wonderful verse that is. For you've come today to hear the voice of God. Verse 3. And they come not unto Him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. That word born actually means which was carried of four different individuals. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, when they could not come because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let him down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Now, actually, you've got to remember the time, and it wasn't like this type of roof where all of a sudden they went up there and started banging on the roof and ripping the shingles off and, you know, tearing it apart. The roof was actually made out of straw they lived in the in the stone homes and so they found a way to bring him in but isn't it amazing how many of you would agree to say with me God doesn't do things in a simple little way he has to always make a point I love that I mean they, they probably had the the house was full you couldn't get in the door and all of a sudden Jesus who knew all of the the roof opens up, and they lower this guy down, and the hallelujah chorus starts breaking loose. And they start singing, Majesty, worship His majesty, unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. I mean, that's, that's me looking at this story. See, I have to, I have to paint a colorful, beautiful picture of, of every story. Just my ADD, it helps me out there. And uh, so I just think about the choir, and everybody's singing, and the paralytic man's coming down through there. And, and can you imagine his anticipation? Just what he, he was about to experience and encounter. The touch of Jesus. The healing power. See, you see, his faith started way before he even went down and through there. As all four of them were carrying him, they were all probably singing, guess what's going to happen to you today? You're going to walk, you're going to walk. They are probably singing a little jingle. He was believing it. Because we, we have to claim what Hebrews says. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So he already came in. Man, faith was just pouring out all over him. Wow. Isn't that how our Christian life should be? To trust him. Have that kind of faith. I mean, think about it. The house is full of people. And the guy's probably thinking, don't drop me as you're bringing me down through this roof. I know that's what he was thinking, because that's what I would think, because I'm afraid of heights, and Pastor Chris is as well. He and I, neither one of us like heights. By the way, we never went to the Sitter's Tower when we were there. We have no desire to go up through something and, and in Chicago and have glass below me. Are you kidding me? What are they doing? Trying to cause heart attacks for people? I ain't going in that thing. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I don't like heights. And when this steeple gets put up, and I'll share a little something with you here. When that steeple gets put up, I'm standing down here at the ground, and I'm going to watch all of them because I'm not getting on that roof. It ain't happening, not at this juncture in my life. I went on that Mr. Hyde's nasty fall. You guys, I almost had a heart attack. I just want you guys to know when I, when that, remember Joggle Lakes, that thing that went down? I mean, that was really scary. I got out of that thing. I thought I was going to have an anxiety attack, and that would be the last time I ever take anything up that will drop me at 195 miles an hour. And wow, that's all I got to say. You better know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior because I want to go up, not down. That's all I'm telling you. Okay, enough of that. Verse number four. And when they could not come nigh unto him, it is getting hot. Could you turn this fan on for me? Wow, see, I can't even think of heights by which I start freaking out. I wanted to get on the roof. When they were doing our roofs last year from that hell damage, I wanted to get on my roof just to make sure that they were putting that skylight in correct. I had to supervise from the ground. That was not a good thing either. I hope and pray that thing went in like it was supposed to because I'm just trusting in faith and I guess that's how it works. Verse 4, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, then covered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let him down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and... You'd have to understand what a scribe was, and a a scribe were professional students and teachers of the Old Testament, and I always call them the scorekeepers, and they studied the law, and they loved the law, and because, and I'll, I'll reference something here shortly, but, you know, they're always saying, who is this man, what is he doing, because it was all about the law, and so, you know, is he really saying, thy son, thy sins be forgiven thee? He's not God. So verse 6, But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man Notice the reference. I love that. The Son of Man hath power, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately when he arose took up the bed and went forth before them all, in so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. We never saw anyone healed. Woo! They were excited. Can you imagine just that excitement? I mean, there was so much excitement that I'm sure the people were cheering, things were taking place, people were crying and weeping, because they saw the power of Almighty God. We say, let's not say anything at the, you know, the local uh, get-together because, you know, Jesus really hasn't been real to me lately, so I better not say anything. Church, this church building should be filled to overflowing. Because if you truly believe that God is alive and He has all authority and all power, you better bring people in this church because people are sick today. We live in a sick, sick nation and people need the perfect example, Jesus Christ. We do. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because who, but who wants to wake up on Sunday morning and who wants to get moving and who wants to get motivated but you have to understand, Todd, I mean, it's the only day that I have available to sleep. You don't understand what we went through we've had a wedding reception and a wedding and all these festivities. Well, he's still alive and he's still answering prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are blessed to be in your house. And Father, we are blessed, Lord, just to realize that your works are real and they're rich. And Father, we are blessed that we can look at just a story where people came together to see the miracles that took place. Father, may we not be a church that's just complacent, but may we be a church that's alive, experiencing the reality and the healing power and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word this morning. May it encourage us. May it keep us focused and attentive. And Father, may you hide me behind the cross. Hide me in the shadows. Speak for me today. Prick hearts. Touch people. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, I'm humbled that we all got together today. Thank you for the fans, the air conditioning, the comfort that you've provided, the electricity, the lights. Father, we are grateful. Thank you that you're the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And you are alive. In your name we pray. Amen. Mark, the shortest of the four Gospels. Here's what takes place. Chapter 1. They open up with Jesus. Baptism and temptation, moving right into action. Mark quickly prepares us for Christ's ministry. The Gospel of Mark is concise, straightforward, and chronological. Jesus here launches what? His public ministry. Evidenced by His baptism by John, the calling of His twelve disciples, constant preaching and healing of those who were a part of His everyday ministry. But in our text today, it begins by telling us that Jesus again entered Capernaum, meaning that this was a place that he had been before. And if we look at chapter 1, verse 21, you'll notice what the scripture has to say. This is where Jesus, right before he starts to cast out demons, verse 21, it says, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue, and he taught. Jesus had recently moved to Capernaum. From Nazareth, And if you look in Matthew chapter 4, we won't turn there right now, but it's verses 12 through 13. Capernaum was a thriving town, a metropolis with great wealth as well as great sin. Because it was the headquarters for many Roman troops and pagan influences from all over the Roman Empire, it was very pervasive. This was an ideal place for Jesus to challenge both Jews and non-Jews with the gospel of God's kingdom. But in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised. It was heard that he was in the house. Hmm. I I just have to stop because this thought came to my mind. Isn't it amazing? We come to church, Jesus is here, but we don't tell anybody. Why aren't we shouting it? Why aren't we telling people? Things are happening. Things are taking place. God is alive. Look what's happening. How many of you saw the steeple out here today? Did you notice it in the parking lot? What a blessing. That didn't happen by coincidence. That happened because God is real. And, and what's exciting about it is that steeple is going to reach far above those trees up there. And when we dedicate that steeple within a month, How do you men like that? You're like, I'm putting that pressure on you. And before we break ground, what I want to tell you is, God is always at work. It was by no accident that I'm standing by a man I've never spoke to, who says, they told me I could have all these shingles, only if you'll take that steeple. My wife and I have never gone to a community cookout. But I realized that we need to minister. We need to make a difference. So he says, I have this steeple Now one eyebrow always raises. Really? How much you want for that, Willis? And uh, he's like, nothing. It's yours if you can have it transported. You wait and see. Boy, was it a time yesterday. And God knew that that steeple was made just for new hope. You know how I knew that? I don't think we had a millimeter <laughs> on each side of Ron's trailer to put that steeple in. That tow motor just turned that thing around and it slid right in there like a glove. Because God had that planned and prepared for us. He's alive. He's still answering prayer. Are we obedient? Do we have enough courage to do what we're supposed to do to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? He came to Capernaum, but this time he does not go into the synagogue. Maybe not on this Sabbath day, but instead he went into a house. And before you could blink your eyes, the house was overflowing with people. People came from everywhere. Because the news about Jesus went out like wildfire, even though Jesus asked them to keep it a secret. And that's the first thing I want to bring to our attention today. Jesus shows up, and we must remember to not keep it a secret. It says in chapter 1, verses 43... 45. And he straightly charged him and forth went, sent him away and said unto him, See that thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter and so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city and was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter, from every corner. What that means is that he wanted him because he cleansed the leper. He said, I want you to go to the synagogue and I want you to share it with the priest because they won't believe what God the Father has done. How many of you saw on Facebook that I put this steeple on there? Go ahead. Um, okay, so we've got 20 people in here. If you don't have Facebook, you know, I- I'm sorry. In some ways, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> and, uh, but here's the reality. We must tell people, use what God has given you to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out. Let people see that God's not dead, that He's alive. What's He doing in your life to speak it? So He said, hey, you know what? I want you to first of all go do something. Go in the synagogue and say something. But yet it says there, but He went out and began to publish it. He spoke it to everybody. I am healed for Jesus is the Messiah things started to take place. When we experience God in an extraordinary way, how in the world could we keep that a secret? People of God, hear me today. If we are going to see this house filled up so that there's standing room only, we can no longer be contented with keeping it a secret that Jesus is in the house. We have to say something. The house got filled up as quickly as it did because there were folks whom God had touched. Verse 41 of chapter 1, says, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. He healed him. He believed it. We're willing to tell others and testify daily about what God had been doing in their midst. But listen closely. Here's what I really see in the Scriptures that God's telling me. If He touches you, then you have to talk about it. If He heals you, someone should hear about it. If He saves you, then you ought to share it. And if He, what, delivers you, you have to declare it. Isn't that awesome? What was the cardboard ministry? They were declaring what they've been delivered from. Say Hallelujah. They have a story to tell. Glory, aren't you glad you don't have to go back to the old man? That's our Christian life. That's our story. So don't keep it a secret. Share it with somebody. You've been praying for a job and God came through for you. How, do you, how dare you keep that a secret? God saved you. How could you not tell the good news I have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. When Jesus shows up, we can't keep that a secret. Instead, we must be eager to tell others of what He has done for us. The fact that the house got filled up so quickly is because there was no secret. He had something to say. This church will not grow as fast as it should be if we, the people of God, continue to keep Jesus the perfect example, a secret. So beginning today, we have to start talking about Jesus, and I guarantee you, if 10 or 20 of us begin to speak positively about what God is doing in our midst, watch how this house would get filled up and how He would see even more of the manifestation and the presence and the power of Almighty God. Okay, I will. You want me to say that again, don't you? Watch how this house will get filled up and how we would see even more of the manifestation and the presence of and the power of Almighty God. And the church says, Amen. Because we want His power. I don't want a church that's dead. Souls have been saved and lives have been changed. Just because some rotten scoundrel decides to commit a sin, don't lose your focus. We can love Him back if they'll allow us. But get up and get busy. Click your heels. Run. Tell people that Jesus saves. It's amazing. Secondly, when Jesus shows up, the perfect example, God speaks. Verse 2 says in Mark chapter 2, and straightway many were gathered together, and so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. But a pondering he thought. When Jesus shows up, there's always a word in that house. I'm convinced that every time the people of God gather for corporate worship and they are serious about hearing from God, God speaks and he speaks clearly. Look at our text. The Bible says that he, Jesus, preached the word of God to them. Preaching was his mission. It says in chapter 1, verse 35, And in the morning rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into the solitary place, and there he prayed. Amen. There it is again. We just talked about it. Jesus got up early. What a great example. And he prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said in him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. And therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee and cast out devils. I have no doubts that some in this house had come out of curiosity. Some have come out to see him in action or to have some other physical need met. But notice what Jesus did before He attempted to do anything else. He preached the Word of God to them. For He knows that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of. He knows that having your physical needs met is important, but it only lasts for a short while. But when we hear the Word of God and are changed and transformed by the Word of God, that is for eternity. Woo! I told- You know what I told my wife? I said, I've changed my whole message. I'm preaching to myself today. So, Lord, I appreciate all you're saying. Uh, I mean, really. I always say not every message is for everybody, but, Lord, I appreciate your encouragement through your word. For where he is, we meet him. So Jesus preached the kingdom of God to them first and foremost. Preaching is important. While God may speak in other ways, one of the most objective and unmistakable, unmistakable ways that He speaks to us is what? Through His Word. And so when Jesus comes to the house, we have come with an expectation that God will speak and that He will speak to us. How many of you prayed today, even in the worship service, God, speak to me today. Show yourself real to me today. Lord, become rich to me today. Let the Holy Spirit flow through me today. That's church. I don't get that on my my porch. I don't get that in my study. I get that sweet fellowship with him. But I come in here, Lord, saying, speak through me today. Lord, become real to me today. You see, this text does not tell us what Jesus spoke about, only that he spoke, but it must have been something life-changing, for the house was filled to capacity. Having a God who speaks to us is one of the most distinguishing characteristics of our God, for no other God is able to speak, for they are all dead gods. But our God is alive and has been speaking from the beginning of creation when He said, Let there be, and it was. Listen closely. Buddha can't speak, so stay away from him. Mohammed can't speak, so stay away from Him. The gods of the New Age movement can't speak, so stay away from them. But our God, He is awesome, and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 that in times past He spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, but today He speaks to us through His Son Jesus Christ who He has made ruler over all things and hear me, church, when Jesus shows up, God speaks. Think about it. It doesn't matter where you are. When God shows up, there's a word. Wow. So where's me out. I, I, I just love knowing that the power of God is there. Listen to some of these examples. Abraham, going about his normal business in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia God shows up and spoke words to him that would alter the course of biblical history forever. Moses in the wilderness, in the midst of the burning bush, God spoke and gives him his mandate, mission, and his job description. I'd freak out if this started speaking right now. You'd freak out. And then we'd all probably stand here after we got done screaming and say there's a fire in the house. I'm just gonna say Sweet Brown always says, Oh Lord Jesus, it's a fire. I love her. If you haven't seen her on YouTube, I'm gonna have her as a special guest here someday. I'm just, I'm telling you, I gotta have her come here. But can you imagine how powerful that is? How awesome it is that God would speak through a burning bush? His word was spoken to Moses. And he obeyed it, he took up courage, and he moved. Isaiah in the temple said that I heard the voice of God say, Whom shall I send and who shall go for me? And I said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. God showed up and he spoke. Jeremiah in the dungeon, down and depressed, and God shows up and spoke to him. He said to Jeremiah, Call on me. Paul on the road to Damascus about to do mischief, Jesus shows up and speaks to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest me? That encounter changed this murderer and church hater for life. It doesn't matter your circumstances. When Jesus shows up, God speaks into your life and changes you forever. Many of you don't know Rodney, and I asked him if I could share this story. He was sharing a little testimony with me before service. Rodney has been incarcerated for two years. And um, all of a sudden they said, pack up your stuff. You're going to Summit County to county jail. So he packed up his stuff and went to county jail. And he said, as I arrived there, I had this young man that was in the room. And please forgive me if I don't say this correctly. But I'm sparing him from coming up here and standing in front of all of you people because it's frightening. And he would sweat and get really nervous. And, uh, so, but as he got there, he said this young man was crying. He was weeping. He was a distraught. Rodney said to him, have you prayed Have you prayed? And he said, after he was done speaking to this young man, at a time of prayer, is that correct? And before he left, they said to this young man, correct? Get your stuff, you're leaving. Is that correct? You're Supposed to be in there for 90 days, but after three days, they said, it's time for you to go. That wasn't a mistake, church. Rodney was supposed to come this morning and stand in the basement of this church and tell me that story. Because God is alive. Because He answers prayer. We started off by saying we do have complacent churches and dead churches. Because people don't believe it anymore. But I'm thankful that he didn't keep secret or silent. That he said, listen, God spoke and I saw it with my own eyes." He may never see that young man again. He may never cross paths with him. But he needed to be the Jesus to that young man. You see, we never understand. And Rodney told me this. I did not understand why I was going through what I was going through. I know that there's consequences. But he said, I'm closer to the Lord today. Than I was two years ago. Because here's a man that all of a sudden they say, get your clothes, do this, do that. Next thing you know, he's standing on a sidewalk going, why am I standing out here? I'm supposed to still be in here. Because God is alive. Folks, we need to continue to speak it. Let's look at verse 5. He speaks to the guy himself, not to those who brought him. But here's what he says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. He said, Son, your sins are forgiven. When you come to Christ, he speaks life into your situation. Verse 11. He speaks to the guy again. And here's what he says. And I love this. I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go. Take, take your pen, circle that in your Bible. If you have your iPad, your iPhone, your I-this, your I-that, whatever it is, do something, circle it, highlight it, bold it, whatever you need to do. And go thy way into thine house. He said, get up and go. He didn't say, oh, you know what? Lord be with you. You just stay where you're at and just praise the Lord where you're at. No, he said, get up and go. Go tell somebody. Go do something. Go tell them about my healing power. Isn't it great? just, Just listen to a story and brag about Jesus all morning. I love that. He speaks to the guy again. Get up, take up, and go up. He speaks life into the man's situation. I believe that Jesus is here right now. For the Bible says that where two or three are gathered, touching anything in His name, He is right here. All morning we've been touching things in His name. So He is here, and if He is here then God is speaking. So what is He saying to you today? What is He speaking in your life? If you are not saved, could He be saying what He said to the Apostle Paul? Why persecutest thou me? Could He be saying, come, let's reason together, says the Lord? If you are feeling down and out and depressed in the dungeon of life like Jeremiah, could He be saying, call me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things? If you are struggling with your call to ministry like Isaiah, could he be saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for me? And he is waiting for you to say, Hear my Lord, send me. Hear my Lord, use me. Whatever it is, you need to know that when Jesus shows up, God speaks. I love what Charles Stanley said. When God speaks, oftentimes his voice will call for an act of courage on our part. Isn't that amazing? When has He spoke to you, but you've not moved, and you said, is that you, Lord? Oh, no, that's just coincidental. No, is that you, Lord? Nope, that's just coincidental. It's not. God's speaking to you. Hey, have enough courage just to move. I don't know the outcome. But I can tell you, He does. And He wants to give you courage and empower you to do what He wants you to do. Because you didn't hear God, don't assume that He didn't speak. We can't hear Him if we are distracted in the middle of the preacher's sermon. When He is speaking, or we are busy writing grocery lists, or texting, sending emails, and answering cell phones in the middle of the preacher's sermon, there has to be an awareness and a sensitivity to the power and the presence of God. I have told you so far about the perfect example. When Jesus shows up, we can't keep it a secret God speaks, but there is a third thing we experience. When Jesus shows up, folks get saved. It says in verse 5, When Jesus saw their faith, He said unto thy sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be Forgiving. When Jesus comes to the house, folks get saved. People can't get saved any time in any place where the word of God is being preached. But you know and I know it's in corporate worship where we have a greater chance of hearing the word of God expounded on a con- consistent basis and a methodical God-honoring way. And that's a fact. Watch what happened here. A sick man is brought to Jesus for physical healing. But Jesus ignores the physical for a moment and focused on the man's spiritual condition. For he knows that physical healing without spiritual transformation is a work that's not complete. Now because that's just sound like I wrote a thesis, I'm going to say it to you again. For he knows that physical healing without spiritual transformation is a work that's not complete. So he delivers the man first and foremost from his sins. May I remind you, when Jesus shows up, people get saved. The Bible is so true. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of? I just love that reminder. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. The folks heard the word and watched how Jesus responded. When the man appeared at his feet, having been lowered through the roof, And when Jesus saw their faith, all five of them, He said to the paralytic man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, you are saved. Son, you are now a child of the Most High God. He calls Him Son because the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, For as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. When Jesus shows up. He comes to save those who are lost. Is that you today? Is that you today? If it is you, don't be embarrassed. Come to the altar right now. I'd stop this message in a heartbeat so that your soul would be saved from eternal flames. You've come every week and you've heard the message of Jesus Christ, but you've not moved And the Holy Spirit has pricked your heart, but you've not moved. God's transforming power over you right now, at this moment, could change your life for eternity. Jesus is here and he has come to seek and to save them that are lost. Notice something in the text that is a sidebar to the main idea I'm dealing with here today. This guy didn't come to Jesus on his own. Others brought him to Jesus. Sometimes in order for others to come into a saving relationship with Jesus, we have to bring them to Jesus. Everyone will not come on his own. Some people need help. Some people need encouragement. Some need persuasion. And it's not as easy as what they make it sound. In fact, there are times where you are alone, maybe not able to get them to Jesus, and you have to involve the help of others. It took four of them to get to Jesus. Have you ever thought about who the four are? Have you thought about what those four were going through? Can you kick the air on? Thank you. Have you thought about just those four that are going through a difficult time? And here this paralytic man, he was paralyzed. And God used that one man to influence four people, then to influence a house that's packed full of people, and then that house full of people then impacts a whole community. Who are you? Are you like the paralytic man? are you one of the four? Are you the one that's saying, come on, you can do it? This was sitting in my study last evening. It was about, I looked at the time and it was 11.45. And God laid a man on my heart and I prayed for him. And it's not all the time that God says, you know, think about this man and, and pray for him. I wanted to pick up my phone right then and just give him a call, which I'm going to be calling him this week. Because people, all they want is... Hey, Mike, we'd love it if you'd come to church. Hey, Johnny, would you come to church with me? You don't know what people are going through, but God does. He wants you to be the messenger. Oh, but that's right. You're too busy. You're too distracted by all the other, you know, uh, law-abiding things that go on in the church, and, and you're not focused on truly experiencing the power and the presence of God. Well, church, I ain't playing it anymore. We're here To express the gospel of Jesus Christ, to get souls saved, and to change lives. That's the message of new hope. A new hope for a new generation. That's our mission. Why? Because people are hurt. Things are going to take place. Uh, Parents, have you disappointed your children? Go ahead. You could say, yes, every day. We all do. Don't think that there won't be disappointment even in the church. For God knows the in store, and He wants what's best for His bride, the church. Bring people in. See souls saved. Let revival take place. But it has to start in your heart first. I can't be the one continuing to, to give the gospel, proclaim the gospel. and I, I can encourage and to help, but I'm here one day a week. That's Sunday morning. You need to live it every day. You need to let people see that your light to a lost world. Our theme says that we are to go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in so that the house may be full. If we're going to fill the house then, we have to get in the habit of bringing folks where Jesus is. For where Jesus is, there is salvation and folks get saved. Hallelujah. So we can't keep it a secret. God speaks. Folks get saved. But lastly, when the perfect example shows up, people leave satisfied. Let me show you this as we get ready to wind things down. Verse 10, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power, has all authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, and so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never, ever saw this before in our lives. Look at this text. One thing is clear when Jesus shows up, we get to see the first hand and the power and the action of God Almighty. The man came paralyzed, but he left praising he was lying down when he came in, but he was standing up when he walked out. He came in secretly through a roof, but he left openly through the door. When he, was par- when he was a paralyzed sinner, when he entered, but he was a powerful saint when he made his exit. He came stretched out, but when he left, I believe he left singing the song. No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I'm free than I believed. I heard him say, Take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. You broke the chains, now I can lift my hands. And I want to praise you. And you're all laughing. They're probably laughing at him too as he was saying, I'm free. I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Man, can you imagine... Laying in a bed, but walking out free because his God is alive. And he experienced it in that house. And in closing, I know he was satisfied because the thing that once carried him, he now carries that thing. And I'm talking about his bed. He didn't need a bed any longer because he received his breakthrough. He didn't need any help on the way out that he had received his healing on the way in. When Jesus shows up, things are different Burdens are removed. Deliverance takes place. Healing happens. Sins are forgiven. People come to church more often. People show more concern for others. And there is more love in the house. When the perfect example, Jesus, shows up, we can't keep it a secret. God speaks it. Folks get saved. And then what happens? People leave satisfied. And I'll leave you with this thought it's time, church. Get up, walk. Get up, walk. God wants to do a work in you today. Was He here today? Yes. Is He here among us? Yes. God loves you. He died for you. He stretched out His arms and says, I love you this much. We have a steeple, we have a church, we have people. that real, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the power and the presence of God is among us. And may I encourage all of you today to no longer lay down. For I told my girls on the way to church today, as we were talking about the rapture, There's no needs. And I love what Megan said. I wish it happened right now. Don't you want to hear everybody say that? Are you ready to meet Him in the air? Are you ready, church? Have you stopped proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you said, Lord, I just can't. I'm broken. I'm paralyzed. I can't do it anymore. Have faith. Walk. Do a great and mighty work for Him. Quit relying on the person to the left, to the right, in front of you, behind you. But do the work of God. Because He loves you. we sung songs like "Here our praises. This is the air I breathe. Lord Most High. And today, we praise His name. I don't know what you're going through. But in the midst of it all, will you make Him your all in all? I'm going to do this because the Lord just reminded me. I want to sing a song called Just As I Am. It's a medley. And I just can't get it off my mind. I love the old song, Just As I Am. It's a great, great hymn. And as the praise team makes their way up here, come on now. Trying to be politically correct. As the praise team makes their way gracefully to the platform. I want you today to hear this song. And as we stand, I want this altar call to be different. I really want you to cry out to God this morning. And I want you to say, God, I want to be a part of a church. Lord, where you're at. I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And I'm tired of going through the routines and the religious rituals that this church is going through. But Lord, I just want you to have a breakthrough today in my heart and in my life, through my family, with my wife. Maybe grab a hold of your wife. Come to the altar, pray, bow your knee. God brought you here today for your appointed time. And he wants you to kneel at an old-fashioned altar. And say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Here am I, Lord. Mold me. You'll leave today. And there will be opportunity for you. Opportunity to tell others about your God that's not dead. That's alive. Will you do it? Will you make a difference? Next week, invite someone to church. Let him hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Him today, you make your way right up here. I'd love to show you, my associate pastor would, many of our other leaders would love to show you from the Bible how you too can start your relationship with Him today. Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we come to You, Lord, with a humble heart. Father, we come to you just as we are without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. Lord Jesus, I come. Lord, I just thank you that today we can take a story and look at it from a whole different perspective. Father, thank you for being the perfect example, one of life, one of charisma but one who was about his father's business. So Father, there's many in the room today that have been struggling. Today's their breakthrough. Today's their healing. Lord, I just pray that today they'll start their relationship with you. May they walk away refreshed and renewed. And Lord, I would love to see the altar packed overflowing so that we can all make a commitment to you to allow the Holy Spirit... to to do His work and to manifest its presence and spirit amongst this church. Lord Jesus, I don't want it to be my work. I want it to be Your work. I don't want it to be this congregation's work. I want it to be Your work. And before a steeple gets put on this building, and before we become even more salt light to a dark world, Father, may we come to grips with You today. May we be honest with you today. Lord, help us to change. Lord, I'm here and I come just as I am. Amen.